Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey guys, it's another episode of the Believe in Padres Prospects podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. San Diego's number one sports podcast network. This is episode 79. And on today's show, we are just a few weeks weeks away from spring training. What is it? When's the official start date? The 28th, I believe. Of spring training. Um, so right right now, some month. dudes are, yeah. So right now, some dudes are just wandering around the the complex, I bet, in Peoria, just kind of tossing balls around, and then actual spring training will start um, the 28th. Okay. I believe so. I. Yeah. Uh, does it really matter? I mean, I, I love spring training as much as anybody, but like if, you know, if it's one day off, like there's, there's plenty of spring training to go around. Like we, we, by the time spring training is over, I think we've all had our fill of spring training. Pitchers and catchers report Wednesday, February 17th. Okay. And the a, full yeah. squad workouts start the following week, Monday, February 22nd. Boom. There you go. Thanks, Wade. Uh, on today's show. We are going to be talking about the new Padres prospects. So there's a lot of new guys in the system, literally, and uh, just new guys on on the top lists because uh, a lot of guys were promoted last year. A lot of guys were traded in the offseason. So I'm bringing on Eric Cross from Fantrax. He's going to talk about his new top 20 list for the Padres. And we, we dabble into some other prospect news as well. And he's a, he's a fantasy guy. You follow him. Uh, on Twitter at Eric Cross zero four, does all, he does two different fantasy baseball podcasts for them: the Five Tool Pod and the Fantrax Tool Shed. So I encourage you all to go listen to him, check him out. Really smart guy, and uh, has a, it's a pretty intriguing Padres list. So I encourage you all to go read the full top twenty as well. We're not going to go over the whole thing because we don't want to spoil it, but uh, we we do handle a, a big chunk of it. So. Anyway, before we get into Eric Cross, Wade, what's Bet Online got for us? Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and NHL are in full swing. And the only place you should be betting on these sports is betonline.ag. Don't try and chase Cal State Fullerton late night, but <laughs> Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Bet Online has hundreds of props with real time odds on almost. Almost anything you can imagine. And of course, the 24-hour online casino. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's betonline.ag. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Uh, let me guess. That was you chasing Cal State Fullerton? Oh, yeah. Didn't work out well for me. I was, I was pretty uh, confident today taking the Rockets plus six and a half in new orleans and that is not going well as we speak yeah i can't bet on nba it's too hard <laughs> uh I'm, I'm slowly starting to figure out that i can't bet on it either it might take a few more beatings to to make me quit though all right now let's get to eric cross from fantrax all right back on with us believe in Padres prospects eric cross from fantrax Eric, it's been a while, man. How you been doing? It has. I'm I'm doing all right. It's been a you know obviously an interesting year, but I'm just glad that baseball's back in full swing. We're getting a full 
162 game season here. I'm excited. How you doing? Good, good. I mean, it was it was a little rough early going with the uh, the pandemic episodes. We mm. were had to get really creative with what we were doing for content. <laughs> um, and you were just starting uh, the Five Tool Pod at Fantrax, right? Are you, that's still going on? And do you have another podcast too? I do. Yeah, it's it's funny. We started. Uh, we are <clears throat> we were in the in the works and get everything ready for Five Tool, and then it was right when the pandemic hit and we were like oh geez do do we still do this do we delay it our first episode i think was like a week and a half it was it was late march so like week and a half after covid really started ramping up there around uh saint patty's day but uh it, it was great though we we were able to do some dynasty stuff and kept that going and then i started a prospects only podcast uh called the fantrax prospect tool shed with uh chris clegg and that's been going since around uh, late october so both both of those have been a lot of fun Cool. Um, before we get into our Padre stuff, that's what everyone here cares about. Um, I was just looking through your Twitter and, you know, coming up with questions for you. And a lot of your stuff is general prospect stuff. And I encourage everyone to follow you on Twitter at Eric Cross 04. Are you, this is a selfish question because I'm a big fantasy baseball guy. I'm mm-hmm. in a dynasty league and then I'm in, um, well, actually t- just two dynasty leagues. One is a big, massive 30 team league. And then one's uh, an older league that I've been in for years and years and years. And it's a, just a 12 team dynasty league. I have Dylan Cease in both leagues and I'm uh, <laughs> talk me off the ledge. Did you still have any faith left in Dylan Cease? Some, uh, I wrote an article yesterday about Dylan Cease, or including Dylan Cease in it. You know, he's in a good spot to make this turnaround happen because he's got Lucas Giolito, you know, kind of teaching him right now. And obviously Giolito had to go around pretty much on a complete 180 himself a couple years ago to turn into the, you know, ace that he is now. And the White Sox just hired uh, Eric Katz, who is uh, was the kind of the guy that helped Giolito turn it around. So he's their new pitching coach, and they're already kind of working together, have a game plan. He's using a core velocity belt, which is another thing that Giolito used in his kind of turnaround. So, you know, the, the pieces are there. He's still got the fastball velocity, you know, the, the spin rate on the fastball is very good. They're both like 90 plus percentile. Uh, the slider is very good. He's still got the makings of a, a solid starter. I don't think he's necessarily going to be what we thought he was when he was a prospect. So I, I don't think frontline starters in the cards here, but I think there's still a chance he can be a, you know, a decent mid rotation guy. I'm drawing a line in the sand for you and anyone that you know doesn't have direct skin in the game between the White Sox and the Padres. So if you're a baseball evaluator or a prospect evaluator and you don't have allegiances to either uh, system or team, I need you to p- – both teams are really fun. They're both young, dynamic, up and coming. A lot of people are predicting like a Padres-White Sox World Series 2022 or whatever – what? Who do you like more? Which bandwagon are you jumping on? You know, I the Padres. You know, I, I'm not saying because this is a Padres focused podcast, but the Padres are just really, really fun to watch. You know, the Slam Diego, everything. A lot of fun players in that team. I'm not a big Manny Machado guy, but mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot of fun young players. I love Tatis and the energy he brings. You know, be they'll be adding you know Mackenzie Gore this year, C.J. Abrams in a couple of years. This would be a fun team, and all the, and the pitching they've acquired, you know, over the last twelve to eighteen months. Yeah, obviously, they get through the Dodgers, who are doing their own thing up the, up the coast there. But yeah, I, th- I think yeah, the Padres are going to be like my 
NL team to watch. There's a lot of fun. Good answer. And you're a, a Red Sox guy originally. Is that right? I am. Yes. Okay. So that's fair. We're, we're happy to have you. Plenty of room on the bus. <laughs> I, I just like Last, watching good baseball. <laughs> there you know. There's going to be a lot. Of, it's. I already feel spoiled. It's only been a year of being good, and I, I feel like it's. It's been for. It feels like it's. It's never stopped. We never stopped being good. It's an amazing feeling to finally be good, and to have one of the most exciting baseball players. You know, I don't. I don't see a, a scenario where he ends up leaving San Diego. And Tatis is who I'm talking about, obviously. Um, just to have that in your back pocket. Uh, we have the best player in the league. He's on the cover of. Um, what was I don't play video games anymore. What's the name of the, the video game that he's on the cover of? Oh, MLB the show. Thank you. The show. That's the one. Oh, it sounds so old. Um, <laughs> but like that, it's just, it, we've never had that. E- even back when Tony Gwynn was the stud of the team and everybody here loves Tony Gwynn above everyone else. I don't know if everyone appreciates yet that Tatis is going to be the best player the Potters have ever produced. It's just cool to have finally. Absolutely. Yeah. He, he's a be if he's if he leaves, I don't, if the Padres let him leave, that would be just an absolute travesty because, like you mentioned, he, he's one of the top players in the game, plays sure, he's fun, he brings, you know, he's got to, well, once we can put people in the seats again, he's he's a guy that puts butts in those seats. So, yeah, he's definitely, he's one of the most exciting players in baseball for sure. Last week, early, or I guess it was early last week, you published your top 20 Padres prospects for Dynasty Leagues. So, again, to just reinforce everybody listening, you do prospect evaluation based on fantasy production, which I like because even even in real the real baseball world, defense is something that it's is really hard for the average fan to pick up on and to notice unless you're winning a gold glove every single year. But what's it like building this list, which has still, even though they, they traded off a lot and graduated a lot, they have high-end talent all over the place. And with the turnover from last year, what what was it like going into this list, um, trying to find all these new players? Yeah, it, it was really interesting. Like you mentioned the turnover. I think I mentioned that 60% of my list last year either graduated up to the major leagues or was traded away in one of these you know many AG prowler deals over the last 12 months or so. So it, it was really it was it was a new look. Like I said, these aren't your granddaddy's Padres or whatever terminology I use. It was a very different looking list. But you know, I got to applaud AJ Preller first and foremost to get the pitching talent that he got and still allow me to have CJ Abrams and Mackenzie Gore at the top of this list. That is phenomenal trading right there by Mr. AJ Preller. And yeah, it, it was a very interesting list. You, there's still a lot of talent at the top. You know, obviously those two studs I just mentioned. I love, love, love Robert Hassel, who they just drafted this past year. Uh, he ranks very highly for me. You know, you still have one of the top catching prospects in the game in Luis Campuzano. You know, even though he's got that little bit of that cloud over him with that legal issue, but ah. you know, he's still he's still a very talented player. You know, just looking at his skills, and then obviously there's part of Haasjung Kim, who I ranked in here. He technically qualifies as a prospect, um, yep. but after after that, it's it's a lot of you know, kind of lower level guys or guys that haven't really panned out so far. So like basically the last 60% of this list or so is there's a lot of question marks. You know, like I said, there's a lot of lower level guys, you know, that could be something really special someday. 
but you know they're still a few years away from potentially being that type of player or guys that are kind of sliding down the list that were once much higher like for example uh, a Tirso Ornelas or Anderson Espinosa you know former Red Sox prospect who I'm still pretty high on but he hasn't pitched in like 38 years at this point so the uh, the back half of that list was very very intriguing for sure and we'll talk about the back half in, in a few minutes because there's a there's a whole bunch of new names to go over and we're not going to give away the whole list. But starting at the top, you had the balls to put C.J. Abrams ahead of Mackenzie Gore, <laughs> which is not something you see a lot. And that's the only reason why I bring it up is because the Gore Gore has been entrenched at the top of the list for the last couple of years and pr- traditional prospect lists, you know, are going to differ from your fantasy list, of course. But is this. What does this mean, having Abrams ahead of Gore, just from a fantasy perspective? Um, you just see more potential with Abrams as a fantasy player than you do with a starting pitcher like Gore. Well, admittedly, it's harder to reach that a ceiling probably for a pitcher. Right, yeah, there's definitely a lot more bust factor in pitchers, a lot more risk with pitching prospects. You know, and, and this ranking had nothing to do with Mackenzie Gore. There's nothing negative about Gore. He's still my top pitching prospect in the game. I've seen some others put Sixto above him after, you know, and Sixto's impressive debut. And I love Sixto as well, but Gore is still the top dog for pitching prospects for me. So this is nothing on him at all. It's more it's more about how special I believe CJ Abrams can become. And obviously, you know, he's a shortstop now. Probably won't be a shortstop in the future. But his defense is kind of suspect. And obviously, you know, Tatis is kind of entrenched there for the next, you know, several years at least. So he'll probably move over to second or center field. Those are probably the two most likely scenarios. But for fantasy purposes, or some real life purposes, like he's just going to be one of those electric players that, you know, people go to see. You know, he's got the speed. Obviously, he's one of the fastest players in the minor leagues. He is, could be a 35, 40 steel guy year in, year out, which is, you don't see that a lot anymore. You know, the Steelers, you don't see a lot of those 50 steel guys anymore, even a lot of 40 steel guys. It's like Mondesi and a bunch of 30 steel guys now. So I think he could be one of the, you know, the top stolen base threats in the game. You know, and obviously he's a few years away. So we're talking 2023, 2024, beyond. But he's also a great hitter. He's not just a speed only guy, he's a great hitter. Can hit, you know, he could be a, a leadoff. He looks like a leadoff hitter to me, you know, guy that can get on base. It's for high average. Doesn't strike out a ton, can work the count, can draw walks. And there's also a little bit of power projection there, too. You know, you look at him, he's not the biggest guy around, but the swing is so fluid and so quick. He drives the ball in the air. You know, he's been posting videos of him and Hassel actually, you know, taking batting practice. I'm not sure where they are, but you know, he's driving the ball in the air. He's got that swing, that just that slight uppercut swing path. You know, and he he's got a lot of torque in his swing, too. Very rotational, so he can get that. He can really whip that bat through the zone. So I think it, you know, if once he matures physically and probably adds a little bit of bulk to that frame, you're gonna see the the power kind of trend up. And while he, I don't think he'll ever be a 25 to 30 home run guy, I think you know 15 to 20, kind of mid to upper teens is possible to add into that high average, high OBP, and all that speed. So for fantasy purposes, you know that's why I give Abrams the nod. For real life, obviously, pitching plays a, a much bigger factor so real life list i still have mckenzie gore one it's great that abrams was born in the era of you know launch angle and and hitting instructors encouraging players to lift the ball a little more in the air because i he he could have been like d gordon or juan pierre 
15, 20 years ago. But when you see him swing, you don't get that impression at all from this guy. You're right. I, the, the swing is geared towards doubles, triples, and a, a few will sneak over the fence as he gets bigger and develops. Um, I, I love where he's, he's at developmentally. Um, I, I've been trying to get him in some dynasty leagues and nobody's budging and I can't really blame him for not budging because he, in a year where he lost all his development, his, his stock has only continued to rise up. It's, it's been pretty incredible. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. He's, he's top, he's borderline top five overall for dynasty leagues. Am I, I want him right now. He's number six on my list. A little spoiler alert. I've been wanting to put him top five. I just can't mm. bring myself to put him ahead of any of the five above him. But he has that upside, and he has the upside where, you know, obviously this is best-case scenario, but, you know, this could be a guy for fantasy purposes that you're drafting in the first few rounds. If everything clicks, if the power trends up like I think it can to go along with the speed and the average and so on and so forth, this could be a all-around stud that you're taking, you know, second round or so, five, six years down the road. That's really the upside that he has. Do you have him ranked ahead of Joe Adele? I don't rank Adele anymore. Adele is one of those guys that he um, exhausted in terms of Major League Baseball's requirements. But oh, he did, did he? Oh, yeah, okay. he, but he didn't meet the uh, the at-bat threshold. So he's kind of like one of those borderline guys where some people have ranked him, some people don't. I use Major League Baseball's guidelines, so in my rankings, I uh, don't have him in there. But if I did, uh, I would have Adele probably eight or nine, so a couple spots below Abrams. Oh, okay. I like that. Um, we were talking about speed. So a guy that's going to factor in the speed department for the Potters this year, Hassan Kim. He is older. I think he's 25 years old. And it, it's hard to it's hard to rank these guys. The guys that come over from Asia who are, if they're older, they always get thrown up on these lists and they're always very high because, you know, they're just more developed than the 19-year-olds that we're comparing them against. But that doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to impact the game like a top prospect necessarily. So if you're if you're trying to draft Hassan Kim this year, are you expecting him to play the majority of games for the Padres at second base, like the, close to an everyday type of position for him somewhere at least? And wh- I don't know wh- what size league would you be comfortable with him as your starter? Probably 15 teams or, or up. I think he does get a good amount of playing time. You know, they wouldn't have brought him over and signed him if they didn't intend to play him a fair amount. That's kind of how I always look at things with these the international signings, like you know, obviously from the Japan or the KBO. You know, you can. You know, it depends where you look at the depth charts. Like some have him starting a second base, some have Cronenworth still. You know, but I I don't think Asia Pro is done either. I, I won't be surprised if there's another deal involved here. Maybe you know one of these guys to get some some more bullpen help or something because. You know, while their bullpen is still, you know, a solid enough bullpen, it's kind of, you know, oddly enough, the weak spot on the team. You know, obviously the lineup and the rotation are both very, very good. So I won't, I won't be surprised if there's another deal in here. But even if there's not, you know, I think you see Kim get probably 500 to 550 at bats or so this year. You know, he'll probably get, you know, a little more rest than your normal starters. I think. You know, they have the depth, and you know, also they have Jerickson Profar, who can play, you know, second base as well. So maybe you get a little more days off than normal, but I think he still plays enough to be fantasy relevant. You know, as you see his ADP, it's kind of in the, you know, it, it was kind of higher at first, and then, you know, lately it's kind of dropped down because of the playing time concerns. 
like I said, I still think he plays a good amount. So I'd be okay with him as my starter in, like I said, a back end starter in 15 teamers. So I think he's right around for second baseman, right around that 15 range, 15, 16. So he's kind of like a borderline starter, high end, like middle infield option where you know, he, you know, players recently have had, you know, especially the hitters, we've seen a lot of guys come over from the KBO and struggle, whether they're, you know, but from there, you know, their native land or guys like Eric Thames that went over there and then came back. But with, with Kim, I don't think there's going to be much struggle because first off, he's like you mentioned, he's 25. He's not one of these older, like 31, 32 year old, you know, Asian imports like Hideki Matsui was. So age is on the side here and his plate approach is very good as well. Like he walked almost as much as he struck out over there. And obviously it's a very different level of competition. But the fact that he was not a big strikeout guy makes me think that the transition could be a little smoother than it had been for like Jung Ho Kong or someone like that, who was a, a bigger strikeout guy. And I think, you know, he's not going to be a star, but I think, you know, and someone I was talking with, Tim McLeod, who was very, you know, he watches a lot of you know baseball over there, KBO, the, you know, Japanese leagues. And he thinks that Kim is going to be pretty solid, you know. He's not a star, but, you know, a little bit of pop, a little bit of speed, you know, hit for a decent enough average and, and have a solid OBP as well. So I, I think there's enough there across the board. Well, he might not stand out in any one category and wow you. There's enough there that he's going to be a, a pretty solid player, I think, for the Padres. Here's my fantasy advice of the day for Kim. And tell me if, tell me what you think. You pass on him this year. Let's say you're in a dynasty league. You pass on signing him this year. Let the owner who who gets him get frustrated this season because the expectations are high, and then you trade for him in the offseason. Buy low. Absolutely. That's that's one of my key, you know, kind of strategies that I've kind of been promoting a lot over the last few years is you know, the perfect time to trade for a prospect is right after they debut and maybe the debut isn't as rosy as we all thought. Like for Joe Adele. First, yeah, Joe Adele is a great example of that. Joey Bart with the Giants. You know, Dylan Carlson didn't have a, a great debut. You know, a lot of these pitchers like Mize and Scooball and Spencer Howard that didn't dominate like Ian Anderson or Sixto Sanchez did. A lot of these guys you can get for, you know, 80 cents on the dollar now. That's the perfect time to, to trade for them. And then vice versa, if a guy comes up and, you know, tears the cover off the ball like Randy Arozarena did, that's uh-huh. a great time to sell them. So it's kind of like that. The initial once the initial reaction period is over following their debut, whether it's 20 games or more closer to a full season, that's the perfect time to either sell high or buy low. So, yeah, I definitely love that strategy with Kim. We're we're teasing earlier that we're going to talk about some of the guys that made big leaps up your list this year. And I wanted to start with Josh Mears because he's a name I think fans are are fairly familiar with. He was, uh, I think, a second round pick. Two years ago, picked right after C.J. Abrams, right before Hudson Head, and um, blanking on the other one that was in there. Uh, Logan Driscoll was the other one that was taken right after him. Mm-hmm. So he was picked 48th overall in 2019. People know who he is, but other than just name recognition, I don't think they know a lot about him. Um, even me, like I just know he he's, was stupid athletic coming out of high school. And the Padres were in love with him and thought they could turn him into a baseball player. Guys on past lists that fans probably, you know, liked more as sleepers were like Hudson Head, Reggie Preciado. 
um, Ismail Mena, and now Josh Mears seems like he's he's perfectly geared up to slide into that uh, back half of the top ten is um, the, the sneaky good prospect that uh, can 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 kind of capture the imagination of Padre fans. What what got Josh Mears up on this list for you? Was it just because there are this vacuum of mid level prospects in the organization? Or are you seeing something more intriguing here? Kind of a combination of both. And, and also, those guys you just mentioned, Mena, Preciado, Hudson Head, were all ranked higher for me mm-hmm. than, um, you know, before, obviously, before they got traded, they were all higher on this list. So all the, you know, Mears kind of gets in that, that boost from, you know, all the graduations on this list. But with Mears, the power, you know, you said he's very strong, very athletic. Even you know, he's listed at six three two thirty. That's very you know he's a that's a very strong frame. Like he's not like out of shape. That's a strong frame. The power is plus or better. He kind of just reminds me of this your prototypical corner means mashing corner outfielder. Where if everything clicks right, maybe he doesn't hit for a, a super high average. You know, there's been some some swing and miss concerns, some cha- you know pitch chasing outside of the zone that'll have to be corrected. But the power is there. The athleticism is there. Where you know, he could be a guy that hits 25-plus home runs and adds, you know, maybe not a ton of steals, but, you know, five to ten steals, just enough to be to have a, a little bit of an impact there. But it's all going to be about how the hit tool comes along, how the contact skills come along, the approach. But he's still very young. Like He's still, you know, he'll be 20 here in a couple of weeks on the 21st. He'll turn 20. So still very young in a great system. Obviously, Padres have been one of the better systems in baseball for the last, you know, at least half decade. He's still very, uh, very far away. Only got up to, you know, played rookie ball in 2019 after the draft. But I think, you know, just the fact that there's not many guys ahead of him for terms of upside on this list. Like I could, I could have put like, you know, their recent signing Victor Acosta up there, or you know, Reggie Lawson's a guy I'm very high on as well. But I just thought that Mears was had the highest upside of all these guys. All the you know, the next set of guys outside of the of the top option. So that's kind of why he, he got bumped up for me. So speaking of those international guys, there's there's a few in your top 20. How do you weigh those guys? You know, not many people have seen them play live, you know, in games stateside or in some cases, none of they haven't come over stateside yet. Um, how do you how do you weigh them versus guys that we've have some kind of track record of, but maybe have uh, dipped a little in the last couple of years. So say like Egui Rosario, who just missed making your list versus guys that are 17, 18 that haven't even come to the States yet. It's tough. And first of all, I, I love Egui Rosario. I, I called him E-Guy for the longest time until I figured That's out a how sick his name. That's a sick E-Guy. Yeah. I, I was like, E-Guy? Like this, 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 this is an awesome name until I figured, you know, until I heard it one day. I'm like, oh, that makes a lot more sense than E-Guy. But, uh, yeah, it's really tough, especially with, with the international players that were, especially the ones that were just signed, because there's not a lot on them. Like basically, all you see is you know these videos on you know Twitter or YouTube or wherever it may be of them on some you know backfield somewhere in in the Dominican Republic or Venezuela or Cuba or Mexico, wherever it may be, and that's basically all you got. So it's hard to grade these players. Especially the hit tool, like you can you can kind of get a, a sense of you know, through the videos uh, if they have power, if they you know have some athleticism and speed. But the hit tool, you can't really judge that until you see them 
in games because all the all you see is batting practice, them running you know in the field at shortstop or in the outfield. So you can't really put a gauge on the on the hit tool. So that makes it a little bit harder because yeah, you know you you can be a batting practice hero all you want and hit these you know mammoth blasts when someone's throwing seventy mile hour meatballs down the middle of the plate. But how are you going to do when you're facing, you know, mid-90s with off-speed stuff and breaking balls? It's really hard to to gauge. But, you know, it's really when you kind of – the back of this list is a prime example of kind of what you were talking about where, you know, I look at the last – you know, the last five. You know, you, you have like a Samuel Zavala, 2021 international signee. Espinosa, who we haven't seen in forever. Jose Cordero, Mason Thompson, who was a 2016 draftee who's been around for a few years now. It's re- you really, I try to factor in the upside and the floor, where obviously the floor with all these back end guys usually is they don't make the majors, right? You know, not all these guys are going to make the majors. That's just how baseball goes. There's only so many spots. But I really just try to balance upside and a proximity floor as, as best I can. And with these backhand guys, it's more so the upside. That's kind of what you're looking for, these the deeper guys, right? You don't want the safe floor get you know pitcher that might be a middle reliever, you know, for fantasy purposes. That doesn't help us at all. You know, if the if they're gonna go to the bullpen and not have a chance of stiffing the closer role or, or setup role, they're not really that intriguing. You know, maybe that you know they have some value to the major league team, absolutely, but so with these backing guys, I kind of weigh upside more. That's all we can really go on with these guys and hope that, you know, they put it together and everything clicks and they become maybe, you know, maybe Sammy Zavala is a guy that's in the top 10 in two years. Who knows? But yeah, so it's more so kind of valuing the the upside against the against the floor. Cool. So, you, I mean, you mentioned uh, a bunch of or you teased a bunch of those new names, some of the international guys, some of the. The names that maybe Padre fans are more familiar with, who in the maybe the back half of the top twenty here or the or the back third has some of the most upside. Maybe they're not ranked that way right now, but a guy that you're the most excited to get at at really good value. Honestly, it, it's not any of the international guys. I'm gonna go back to Anderson Espinosa here because people kind of forget because it's been so long since he pitched that he was once a top twenty five overall prospect in all of baseball, you know, back in his, you know, the early kind of right around when he was traded from my Red Sox to your Padres. <laughs> Former Red Sox. Great. I was just going to give you crap for that. Yeah. And, and, and that deal songs, I loved Espinosa in our system, but uh, who even got, I was, was that the kid that was in the Kimbrel trade, wasn't it? Um, I thought it was, yeah, Esp- was it, uh, no. yeah, I guess it was. Was it Pomeranz? Or was it? No, no it was Pomeranz. Yes, no, Pom- you're right. Yeah, we traded you Pomeranz. Okay. Yeah, we, we, there was there was those two deals. I, I always get the the return packages mixed up, but <laughs> but yeah. So Espinosa is still very talented. The reports last year from the alt site were impressive. He was the, the velocity was back. He was hitting mid to upper nineties, you know. And we'll see how you know. It's the real question is after all this time off is you now the velocity's back great, but how does the rest of the Arsenal play? And from what I've heard and seen so far, the you know, he's still got that good feel for, for his curveball and spinning the ball. He, he always had a good feel for his changeup, so I don't think that's going to be you know gone. But this is a guy that obviously there's some risk here, and he could go to a bullpen because all the injuries he's had. Starting is not a lock anymore, so that kind of stinks. Is the upside that he brought to the table and still does. 
So maybe he's a bullpen guy, but even if he is a bullpen guy, he's one of those guys that could pitch in the back end. You know, maybe not as a closer, but as a setup guy because the arsenal he has. You mentioned the, the fastball, the breaking ball, the changeup, all very good offerings. So I'm excited. You know, you can get him for dirt cheap, and depending on how deep your league is, he might be sitting on your waiver wire. That's definitely a possibility. But even if he's not, you know, you can get him for basically nothing right now. And why not? You know, it's a low trading for him right now is low risk. It's basically no risk because you're not going to give up probably anything substantial that you'll you know be you know regretting five years from now. And if he's able to bounce back even into 80 percent of what we kind of thought he could be back four or five years ago, you got a absolute steal. So I'm I'm going out there in all leagues and trying to trying to get Anderson Espinosa because the upside is still there, and you know we forget he's still only twenty two. Like twenty two, yeah. He's he's been around. He's almost twenty three, but he's he's still young. Like he's not. We're not talking about some twenty six year old prospect at this point, even though he's been around forever. I think we signed him in twenty fourteen or twenty fifteen. I forget which year it was, but he's still only twenty two. So he's still young. Still some time to get it going. And he probably still a couple years away after all the time he missed. But the upside is still there. So yeah, I'm definitely all in on Espinosa again as a buy low. The Padres traded, you know, a whole bunch of prospects this year. The best one being Luis Patino. Others with really high upside that I like, Cole Wilcox, Taylor Trammell. Uh, Jason Santana, I really liked as, as a Padre sleeper prospect, and now we're never going to get to see him. But uh, among those guys, maybe excluding Luis Patino, because, I, I mean, I think everybody's still locked in on him as, as being a, a future, you know, high-end starter, maybe a two or three on, on a rotation somewhere. Um do, are you convinced that one of these guys or multiple um, of these prospects are going to continue their current path to, you know, prospect stardom um, with their new teams? And, and who do you like the most of the, the guys that left? The guy I like the most there that, that fits that mold is Ismael Mena. I love Mena. The everything is there to, for him to be an absolute stud. Like, obviously, he's very athletic. Uh, plus to double plus speed, the power's developing too. That's kind of what kind of lagged behind, but he's got the frame. He's got a bigger frame with some projection left on it. Definitely could add some bulk over the next couple of years. I think he's still only 18 years old, I believe. Uh, I'd have to look that up, but the power is, I heard, you know, reports that the power took a step forward this past year uh, in 2020 during the pandemic. So this is a guy that, you know, obviously with these younger guys, it's all about the hit tool, right? I, I can say that till I'm blue in the face. Especially since we haven't seen a lot of you know game action, that is my Almeida from from when he was uh, signed. But the power is there, the speed is there, and if and if he can make enough contact to get on base and you know fully capitalize on that speed he has and 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 the the power he has, this could be a very special prospect. Where you know give it another year and a half or two years, and you know maybe when I'm doing my list and mid 2022 or you know 2022 offseason going into 2023 i really do think that there's a chance that he could be you know up where brennan davis is for me now where brennan davis i think is like 21 or 22 in my rankings he's that type of upside the cubs obviously i i don't fault age to make any of these deals right trade away all the low-level guys you want to get a u darvish or to get a clevenger from cleveland or you know um, Blake Snell from Tampa. I would do those deals seven days a week, every damn day, 
But you know, in terms of fantasy purposes, Mena could be a stud, and, and that's they give a lot of intriguing guys. Like I'm very high on Preciado as well. Obviously, Luis Patino, uh, yes, and Santana you mentioned. A lot of intriguing guys they gave away, but I think if I had to pick one that could really, really pop over the next year or two, I think it could be Mana. Last question for you. We'll let you get out of here. I know it's it's late on the East Coast where you're at. Is this still a top three system, top five system? Where, where do you have the Padres ranked now? You know, Maybe you don't have the, the team rankings in front of you at the top of your head, but where are they for you right now? I think probably back half of the top 10, like it's eight, nine range, I think is fair. I, I don't have them ranked in front of me, but you know, I know for a fact that they'd be behind like Seattle's one of my favorite systems. They're incredibly talented and, and deep Tampa Bay definitely comes to mind as well. Uh, probably behind the Yankees behind um, maybe even behind San Francisco. San Francisco is a sneaky good system to it, but yeah, I think there's definitely still enough. You get that top end talent that we mentioned where they have five top 100 guys in my rankings going going down to Haseon Kim and three, you know, two top 10 guys. And then Hassel has a chance to be a top 20 guy pretty soon if, if his power takes off like I think it can as well. So they still get that top end talent. It's all going to be about how like the rest of the list plays out kind of from like seven or eight on. Like I said, a lot of question marks. So. This could be some of those guys click. This could be in a top five system again next year. Um, if not, they still have you know enough pieces and, and the pitching that they have with Reggie Lawson and and so on and so forth. That you know, Espinosa, like obviously, and um, uh, Ryan Weathers. I always forget his name for some reason. <laughs> There's still enough talent here that this could, it still is a top ten system. So I would probably put them eight, nine, ten in that range. All right, that's fair. That's Eric Cross. He's the lead fantasy baseball writer and prospect analyst for Fantrax, co-host of the Five Tool Pod and Fantrax Tool Shed. Check those out. Eric, thank you again for coming on, man. I love talking prospects with you, and um, hopefully we can talk again later in the future. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on. It's always, always a fun time talking prospects with you. All right, that was Eric Cross. Shout out to him again. Thanks for showing up. Kind of, kind of late notice. I appreciate that. And uh, it's late where he is. He has two kids. Um, we have a couple of friends who have some kids and know what a hassle that can be. So thank you, Eric. Wade, no lock of the week this week. Uh, because, we, I mean, we only do it during football season. That's kind of our football shtick. But we have to recap the Super Bowl locks. So you were seven and six. I asked you. Wade, do you want to have multiple locks this week? Because it's the Super Bowl. There's a ton of props to bet on. You're in danger of dropping to 500 if you don't do multiple locks. And you took the Chiefs and you laid the three and a half like everybody else in America. And you lost. And now you're seven and seven. What do you have to say for yourself? You know, I didn't lose money. Really? (laughs) I mean, it depends on the juice, you know. BetOnline.ag does take the juice, so. There's juice. A Cinderella story, though. Possibly a comeback for the ages, something you'll be telling your grandchildren about. I was 5-8-1 going into the Super Bowl. I gave you six locks. Tampa Bay plus three and a half. Crushed it. Was over by halftime. Kelsey, over eight and a half receptions. It was in in the win there for a little bit, but I was confident, and he came through. First half under, 27 and a half. There was never a doubt. It came close at the end, but because of that half point, we were never really in any danger. 
nailed it. Total under 56, easy money. Fournette over 48 and a half rushing yards, easy money. First play run, took an L right there. So five and one for the day. That pushes me to 10, nine and one on the season. That's a winning season and a, a defeat of Wade. I don't know that, that you can give yourself these prop bets. Like, come on. These, uh, why, these not, why not? Like, they yeah. were all locks. And I told you this well in like, advance. This is, this is like your little participation trophy. You can have fun with your little prop bets, but you had a shitty season picking. I had a shitty season and finished like the finale of a great fireworks show. Five and one to finish the year. If you rode with me, you made a ton of money. I, I know I made money since the Super Bowl. And I know you at least jumped on a few of those prop bets with me. Those were all locks. I gave you a fun one as well, that the a post would be hit on a, a field goal attempt or a PAT that did not hit. That was not a lock. The locks were five and one, indisputable champion for the 2020-21 season. Did you hear the story of the streaker? You know, how they, a, you, know how there was, you know how there was a streaker at the Super Bowl, like in yeah. the third or fourth quarter or whatever? Yeah. He had personally put a 50k wager at plus 725 with Bovada that there would be a streaker at the Super Bowl. So he won like some crazy amount of money. Uh, are they, they only have, uh, do they have to pay him for that? Couldn't they probably sue him? I don't know. They he only paid a thousand dollars to get out of jail in Florida and then he he won he won his fifty thousand dollar prop bet with Bovada. I'm guessing he doesn't collect on that money. I think I think they probably have rules in there in the very, very fine print where you can't do something like that. They have good lawyers. I'm just, I'm just guessing. It's it's a smart move by him. Heady play. I I just I am imagining that the lawyers for the sports books um, protect themselves in some way. They're not dumb. I I don't know, but if he wins that money, get on him. <laughs> well, I mean, I'll see you naked at the Super Bowl next year then, if that's the case. Or like, yeah, like where is this like you know, <laughs> telling people before the game like, tell the whole country, yo, I'm streaking. Well, why would he place the bet? Shouldn't he just go through a third party to do it? Wouldn't that be a lot safer? Maybe he did. Maybe he had a friend bet. I'm not 100% sure. That was uh, just the story I saw floating around. If that's the case, he needs to keep that a little more secret than, you know, bragging afterwards about it. I would have, you know, I would have had like your mom make the bet for me. Like go, go deep, you know? Yeah, I, I would agree. But, you know, the streakers aren't the smartest people. True. Well, he he made money uh, apparently, and if that's the case, like I said, well, I'll see you naked one year from now. Where is the Super Bowl next year? It's in L.A., isn't it? Oh yeah, it is. Easy drive for us. True. Boom. Done. Thank you for listening. Hope you enjoyed the interview with Eric Cross. Please follow the show's Twitter account at Friar Farmhands, and if you enjoy the show, subscribe. We're on all your favorite platforms: iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, and iHeart. You can also find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcasts. Please leave your comments, questions, concerns, and your rating of the show on all platforms. You've been listening to the Believe and Padres Prospects Podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, San Diego's number one sports podcast network. I am Ryan Hart. That was second place Wade. Talk to you all next week. Have fun with your participation trophy, Ryan. Just move on. Toward your destination Though you may find From time to time You don't want a TikTok TikTok for our um, Listeners, our fans? Uh, I would need to be paid a lot more money Than I'm currently being paid to do TikTok <laughs>
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.